welcome into I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting, the self-proclaimed 43rd best Bama podcast on the internet. Here are your hosts, Tom Sims and Jason Tiffin. Is that the way you want to rest? Man, Hey, welcome in to the latest episode of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm Jason Tiffin, half your host team, along with Tom Sims. Tom, speak up and let us know you're here. Hello, I'm present and accounted for. This is only the latest episode if you're uh, listening to the latest one, I guess. No, true. I guess I need to figure out that we actually, somebody might go back and listen to these uh, at, for uh, for fun, for sport. Yeah, they're better in chronological order, guys. It is 11.30-2020. It is 7.03 p.m. Central Standard Time, so that should clear things up. Well, I like the way you have uh, entitled this episode, Bama Manhandles Auburn. I would like to see that uh, title for another five, six, seven years straight. Make it, heck, make it a baker's dozen while we're at it. Mm. Uh, good win for Bama, but let's, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I've got you with the commentary, and I'd hate to rain on your parade and not let you talk about whatever you have planned. So take it take it from here. Yeah, let me, let me just jump right into this thing. Uh, I wanted to mention two things. Tonight, one, I guess a congratulations is in order for Sarah Fuller and the (laughs) uh, kicker for Vandy. Yeah. Now, now that I've said congratulations, uh, I'm sorry. I I live with a bunch of girls, love all my girls. Girls do not belong on a men's football field. And that's that's not a knock on women and that's that people need to understand that that's a that's a and it and it's not a knock it's just a difference between the metabolic structure of men and women you know i think vanderbilt realized that and sort of did a gimmicky thing what i really think happened was that the chancellor says told mason if you put a girl in the field you're fucking fired (laughs) i gotta i gotta bleep that out i forgot about that (laughs) sorry guys but that's (laughs) nobody listens anyway leave it in yeah yeah that's that's the old uh what what was our what was our man in the booth in major league uh the announcer bob euchre yeah euchre effort nobody's listening anyway Uh, anyway, so, uh, so I, that's the way I, th- I think the pregame went down was that if you play that girl, you're fired. Uh, well, he played here. Uh, uh and the conspiracy, uh, theory was in full effect because they, uh, the offense failed to get it within field goal or extra point range. I don't think they crossed their own 40 all day. So she didn't get in the game other than that. One thing I did notice though, as soon as she kicked the ball, she started running to the sideline while the play was in, in, uh, action there. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that they told her, Hey, you're not to get involved with this play outside of kicking, which is fine, and, and which is the way I think it should have been. Because again, just structurally, they're not made for that kind of thing. It's nothing against women, but I mean, you know, there's a reason that women don't run 
hundred meter dashes in the Olympics versus the men or do the power lifting versus the men or whatever. I mean, they can do the same things. They're just not, they're just not structurally built the same way to withstand that sort of beating on a football field. And, and, and everybody knows that they just get tangled up in political correctness, but that's an aside. What I really wanted to talk about was, you know, after Alabama's win on Auburn against Auburn this weekend. That leaves us LSU uh, 28-point favorite this weekend and Arkansas, who will be a similar underdog uh, in the finale, which is about the way I think I mentioned that to you about four or five weeks ago when we were talking about this. I was like, after this game, you know, we're probably likely not going to be less than a 17-point favorite and I missed that. We've not been less than a 24-point favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nonetheless, with those two games hanging out there, I got to feel like Saban's track record of not losing to an unranked team, particularly at a 30-point favorite, bodes pretty well for us down the stretch here, which sticks us in the SEC championship game. And I was thinking, all right, what kind of team can beat us? You know, and and I think it's pretty obvious, and it always has been, but it's pretty obvious for everybody these days. A team that can pass the ball has got the upper hand in college football these days. Oh, I mean, yeah. they just do. You got a good quarterback, you got a good offense, you have an upper hand. Now, you still need to field a defense that gets out there that can slow another team down, but the days of just shutting people out left and right are, are gone if you're up against a competent quarterback and team. So I started looking. Realistically, the teams that we could face here on out, because <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and tell you uh, – I think Alabama's punched their ticket to the playoff already, barring a collapse to LSU or Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think they're in. At worst, as a four seed if, if Florida can beat them. So, with that said, who are the possible matchups that Alabama can meet? Obviously, in the SECA championship, we know that's going to be Florida. But the other teams on that list – you know, who has a quarterback and an offensive team that can really give us trouble? And so I started looking. Right now, pass yards per game, just individual statistics. We have Mac is at number three just for, uh, you know, G. Willikers because we're not playing ourselves. But uh, Trask for Florida is number four. He's the highest-ranked quarterback of anybody – that we potentially have left on our, our schedule. Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, he's only got a six-game sample size, but he's number 12 in passing yards per game. Justin Fields, number 14. He's really got a poor sample size, four games. Ian Book, he's outside the top 30. So there are though there are potentially three quarterbacks in the top 15 out there, and potentially we could play all three. Mm-hmm. Florida, Clemson, and Notre Dame. Or Ohio State, I mean. Florida, Clemson, Ohio State. Now, you have similar numbers when you look at a total offense instead of an individual. You have Bama still at three, Florida at four. 
So where their quarterback goes, their offense goes. Clemson at six, they move up a little bit. That's probably ETN's fault. He's he's very good. And Ohio State is 21. They actually drop back some. Uh, and Notre Dame's outside the top 50 again. So I guess part of what I, I, I wanted to see was, hey, is there are there legitimate threats to Alabama? Because right now everybody is, I mean, heck, they got every vote in the AP poll this week. And it's pretty much a consensus out there that Alabama is playing the best football right now. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to win the rest of their games. But right now, they're playing heads and shoulders above most everybody else. And so, you know, where are the potential stumbling blocks? And I didn't even look at the defensive side of the ball, just offensively. And that's that's what's in front of us. That's what's in front of us. Now, luckily, in years past, some of the what had been in front of us was the number one or number two quarterback or two of the top five. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like a whole lot when you're talking about 120-some-odd teams being seven or eight spots different. But there is that difference there. Uh, and I thought it was interesting. I mean, I don't really have a, a conclusion that says, hey, yeah, we're going to roll these guys, or, you know, number 12 is enough to give us uh, fits. For reference, Matt Corral's top five. Hmm. Uh, and they did give us fits. Bo Nix, number 49, he didn't give us fits. <laughs> These other guys are pretty much in the middle of that. So <laughs> we'll see where that we'll see where that goes. But uh, I, I love when you break out the stats. I think that's when both of us are at our best in the in the podcast is when we actually do a little bit of research. You do more than I do. But it's it's I love that you brought up Ian Book and I, I you probably saw it today. The hypothetical lines came out of um of the four teams that are gonna you know the four teams that's been crashed course to the uh to the playoffs which has been of course Bama Ohio State and Clemson and then they're at, including Notre Dame and and I, I think you almost have to I don't think Notre Dame gets in if they lose to Clemson if we lose to Florida but I do think Notre Dame gets in if we beat Florida I don't think a and m slips in at, at if they can finish out at nine and one I think uh, Notre Dame's going to get the nod because they're going to have the better win you know um a uh, and m's best win is going to be Florida who will have two losses and Notre Dame's best win is going to be Clemson who only will have one loss at the time so uh but Ian but they they did the Heisman numbers of the night on on a little uh you know, display um on the uh, at the during the Iron Bowl, and uh, you know Trask has thirty something touchdowns. Maybe Mac added five. So I think he's at twenty four, twenty five now. So comparable numbers, but Mac's QBR is higher. You know he's he's number one in a lot of. He's ahead of Trask in a lot of uh, different categories. But Book Book had twelve touchdowns, one interception, and they're talking about him building him up for the Heisman now. It's ridiculous. I mean, different pundits are. I, I listen to. I'm, I'm not going to name names because, frankly, I don't remember which one said it. But I listen. <laughs> I listen to two different shows. I tell you what, who I listen to today. I listen to Canell and Greg McElroy. I listen to a little bit of the Show Pony, and I listen to uh, Mark Packer, and listen to a little bit of Fine Bomb. And at least two of them talked about how Ian Book deserves a vote for the Heisman. Why? Because he plays for Notre Dame, and you got to be kidding me. Yeah. So, uh, but. 
I don't see that. <clears throat> you know, and, and the the female kicker, listen, I might have a future in politics, so I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. So you're, you're on the island there by yourself, buddy. <laughs> but uh, speaking of Heisman, let's roll into the winners for this week. We got Bama, we got Florida, we got A&M, we got Notre Dame. Uh, and Bama, my first bullet point is Smitty for Heisman. And here's what's crazy. Greg McElroy really, you know, McElroy sometimes, kind of like Jay Barker has done in the past and still does occasionally, uh, you know, they, they're apologetic because they played at Bama. They don't want to be like a homer, and they go out of their way to not credit Bama. But uh, Greg Heisman, I mean Greg Heisman, Greg McElroy was really building up Smitty for the Heisman today. And But here's the quote that, that really made me chuckle is uh, McElroy is like, uh, Smitty, you know, he's the best receiver in the game. And I don't disagree with that. But what's funny is it took the injury of what everybody considered the best receiver in the game to get Smitty to be the best receiver in the game. Does that make sense? Yep, it does. I mean, it's crazy. Like, I was really worried because I'm like, man, you know, Waddle, that might be what keeps us away from the national title because it's hard to lose a guy like that. I'm like, now Smitty's going to draw double teams, and it might have been Jimmy Stein, somebody on Twitter today, might have been Cole Kublik. I don't know. He he really uh, he really praises Bama. He he's I think he's pretty fair for a Barner. They said, you know, the definition of elite is here's number six. We're going to throw to number six, and he's going to be open, and he's wide open, dude. Yeah, he's it's unreal wide open. how how good he is. I mean, I I have been very complimentary of Smoke Monday from Auburn this year, dude. He was a non-factor. I don't I don't I don't remember his name being called. And um, so, the, you know, let's get back from the Heisman to just the, the winning segment. You know, total domination of Auburn. Uh, where was Gus's shit show? I guess this is the cussing edition of, uh, of uh, I'm not targeting, you're targeting. But, you know, Gus always has just, well, you know, put your head between your legs, grab your butt cheeks, and hold on for the first 15 plays. Did I mean, I didn't see it. Did we blow it up? We did get two sacks. I think what really bode well for our defense, we got a sack in the first drive and a sack in the second drive. We only finished with three sacks, but we got sacks in back-to-back drives of theirs. And, um, you know, thank you, Bo Nix, for calling Mac a game manager. He threw for five touchdown passes, and this was a stat that I found very interesting. The last three years against Auburn, we have thrown for five touchdowns to a tongue of Aloha, four touchdowns last year, six if you include the two pick sixes, but we won't do that. Four touchdowns last year at Auburn from Mac Jones, and then five touchdowns from Mac Jones this year. I mean, we are torching their defense. Of course, we're only two and one in those games, but it is what it is. And, uh, but, you know, Nick's calling Mac out, and I don't think he, here's the deal. I don't like Bo, I think he's a whiny baby. Uh, but I don't think he meant it the way it came off on you know when people started tweeting it out. I don't think he was trying to be disrespectful, but it it can come off easily come off as being disrespectful. And uh, Smitty or uh, Naji or somebody texted to uh, to Mac and, and you know I, I, dude he had a chip on his shoulder. He was gonna torch him and he did. And uh, speaking of Knicks, this is my last point on the Bama game. He is such a me 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 guy. Was there any doubt? When he got the ball down there inside the two-yard line or whatever, was there any doubt he was going to call his own number and score? He was not going to hand that ball off to whatever running back was in there. He was not going to throw it to 18. He was going to run it in because, you know, he is full of Auburn. He's a true Auburn man. He hates Bammer. And, hey, hey, you got your six points, Bo, so congratulations. But 
couldn't really be happier other than if the game would have ended uh, outside of the 25 to 29 point margin of victory. That would have been nice for uh, different purposes, but uh, very happy with the 42 to 13 win. Yeah, I was <clears throat> I was disappointed that uh, our second stringer fumbled it on the five going in there. Forty nine would have been right on our scoring average. Yeah, so we we, we should we should have got there, but uh, that's that's okay overall. Yeah, absolutely nothing nothing to complain about there. Uh, perfect game plan for them. Um, I, everything worked. You know, running game. Najee almost had a hundred yards and a, and a touchdown. And it is it just me, or does it seem like early in the game, Najee's trying to find his footing a little bit, trying to establish where he's at, and he's not. And I'm not just talking about this game. I'm talking about there's been several games that uh, that it feels like this, and it may not be, but it feels like he he's trying to establish what he wants to do he he's not really grinding out a lot of yards he's taking a lot of one and two yard games and then it it seems like brian robinson comes in to spell him you know in the third series or so just like normal and robinson rips off seven eight ten twelve yard carries three or four times and then when Najee comes back in he runs like a wild man yeah I mean, it just, <laughs> I don't know if that's just me thinking that way, but that's the way it seems, and, and that seems the way in several games, and it seemed that way Saturday, but but it, yeah, every everything worked, and um, even again, like we had mentioned last week, that we were better at every position, I didn't really realize this, and I think they announced this stat during the game, or maybe I saw it after the game, but even at our kicker, Will Reichard, Reichard, I believe, is, I want to say he was the only kicker in the nation not to miss a kick or an extra point that had a minimum number of attempts. Yeah, I think you're right. He's perfect. I don't think he's missed anything yet. Yeah. He's perfect on the year. And that includes a couple of 50-yarders, you know, uh, some 40s. I mean, he he is kicking very well. And everything is true. It's not like he's sneaking some in or coming off the goalpost, but but nonetheless, yeah, it's it's everything we wished it would be and more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, let's segue into Florida here. Pitts, uh, you've heard this before, unguardable. Oh. I don't know what we're gonna do. You there? Yeah, I thought you wanted me to say. I was going to say. Speaking of Florida, it's <laughs> <laughs> my turn to lead. Uh, Pitts, like, what are we going to do with this guy? I don't know. The good thing is, Florida's probably saying, "What are we going to do with Smitty?" So, uh, and the the good news is, is they they're weak on D. I mean, they have they've given up yards. It's going to be interesting to see. They play Tennessee this weekend. Tennessee ran the ball very well against Auburn. What can Tennessee do against Florida? And you know, we are better than Florida. I know Topher is one of our. Um, dedicated listeners and he keeps on uh poor me in florida y'all still gonna be favored by 20 and it ain't gonna be enough i I know deep down he thinks florida's gonna win and florida can win uh anybody can beat an elite team like florida like bama ohio state clemson any team can beat the other one on any given day but we're better than florida this year that you can't always say that but we are this year you know we've had two common opponents and uh, A&M, we beat 52-24, to 24, A&, uh, Florida lost. And then Kentucky, 63 points scored versus 34 points scored for Florida. Um, we have still, both played Georgia as well. 
Yeah, well, they smashed Georgia pretty good, about as good as we did, maybe even a little bit better than we did. Uh, you're right about that. I forgot yeah. about the common opponent there. That, that did not that, that didn't uh, swing in our favor, so I left them off. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. It's just you know. <laughs> it's a Bama podcast, Tom. It I is. I mean, Topher he can start up a. Fl- uh, I'm not a Gator. You're a Gator podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Be a nice chip in his purse. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I still think. I mean, Florida. They're doing what they have to do. They are going to wrap up the East. I think if they win this weekend. Or if certain teams lose, they're going to wrap up the East. I mean, they're going to be in Atlanta. We're going to be in Atlanta. So, um, I still think – I still lean towards Bama. I think that line – gosh, somebody said the line's going to be 17. And that sounds like a lot, and it is a lot. But, man, how many times are they going to stop us? And I think we can stop them a handful of times more than they can stop us. And, it, and you know, you do the math, we are, we're, we're salty. We're salty on offense. We are. Now, I will say this. Florida played – Maybe their best defense of the year Saturday against Kentucky. Uh, but it was Kentucky. Kentucky's got one of the poorer offenses in the in the league, so I'm not going to give them the chip in their purse just yet. But uh, <laughs> they but they, they played well. I mean, when you play a team, regardless of whether they're good or bad, you're supposed to play well, and they did. So give them credit there. But, yeah, I agree. When you were – talking about that getting the sec championship game and and i have not seen that line but i was thinking to myself maybe 16 17 seems about right to me now i'm not i'm not predicting a 16 or 17 point win or a big blowout i'm just predicting what the line will be yeah yeah uh and and that's where i think i think that's about right i think that's where vegas is going to come down on it um there's still a couple games left for both teams, and that that could swing either way. But but you know, Florida Florida got the good uh, a good win over Kentucky, and and I'm gonna tell you, Kentucky had more respect on the year uh, until they played Alabama two weeks mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, yeah. So people look at the Florida win over Kentucky maybe not as favorably as they might have if Kentucky would have been off instead of playing Bama the week before. That's a good win for Florida. I mean, it really is. 34-10 to 10 is a solid win. And Kentucky, I mean, let's just think about it. Kentucky is, in my opinion, they're probably the third-place team in the East, are they not? Uh, Got to be. I mean, they're ahead of Tennessee. They're behind Georgia. Yeah. Who else you got? Missouri. I mean, Missouri has been playing better of late, but they played beat Vandy. You know, wow. Have they, uh, there. So, Missouri and Kentucky, they hadn't played yet, have they? I don't I couldn't tell you, man. I don't I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think so. So, that, that, that'll that probably be for third place. But nonetheless, uh, you know, point stands. I mean, Kentucky wasn't a terrible team. They were just treated that way by both Alabama and Florida, which is supposed to happen. Yeah. So. And, you know, Florida, I, I, you had to think that they really – I know their fans did at least. You know, we play a team like, like – who's number two right now? Notre Dame, you know, I think they're technically number two. If Notre Dame had played LSU last week and beaten them uh, 48 to nothing, I would darn sure want to beat them at least that bad, if not worse. You, you have to think Florida wanted to make a statement, and they just they're – really, they're not capable right now. Uh, they're not going to lose, but they're not capable of making that foot-on-the-throat statement that Bama is. 
Um, two more winners. This will be quick, I'm sure. A&M, ugly win, my gosh. But they had been off for a while. I didn't watch a whole lot of it coherently, so I don't remember a whole lot of it. But I, it was 20-7. to 7. I know LSU's uh, quarterback had to be pulled in, in favor of another freshman. Uh, Terrace Marshall had – like half their catches and the only touchdown, and he quit yesterday on his team. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, that, that's what you you got to call it what it is, dude. He didn't opt out. He quit. Yeah, he got he games did. left. I mean, and that's fine. This this is a weird year. And, like, uh, somebody tweeted out, they said, well, technically the season would be over in a normal year. You know, uh, the only thing that would be left would be the SEC championship game because, you know, we're into December and it just didn't work out that way. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying I understand it. I just, you know, you got to figure if if LSU was nine and or they if they had one loss going into Bama week and you win against Bama and you go to Atlanta, I don't think he quits. But it it is what it is, and I think it just it goes to show the disarray that program is in. Uh, you know, A and M they've got to win this weekend at AU to keep college football playoff hopes alive. Daryl is sold on them winning, man. I don't know. I, you got to figure they are pretty down in the dumps after losing the only game that matters to them. But, dude, I I don't trust Kellen Mond. <laughs> uh, well, hey, I didn't mention him a while ago. He's a top thirty. He's better than Ian Book statistically in the nation. Give him the Heisman. Yeah, hey, he needs votes. I mean, he's he's in the top five with one loss. Come on, um, you know. A&M and LSU, it was ugly, but it was it was a, a solid defense effort by A&M that looks worse once you see that everybody has stopped LSU. LSU is not a good team. <laughs> no, they're not. I mean, they're just not. They're, they're playing. Auburn woodshedded LSU, woodshedded them. And that's saying something when Knicks can put 50 on you or whatever it was. Yeah, 48-11. Yeah, very, very pitiful. But uh, A&M, I was surprised that A&M wasn't more effective on offense. I don't know what went on there. Again, that's probably uh, Kellen Mond's Heisman run going to his head. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, they, they did it. And as far as Marshall uh, quitting, I don't – I just I, I can't comprehend it. I mean, you say you understand and whatever, but – don't you go to school, don't you play at these universities to play in this coming week's game? I, you know, whether you're worse off, better off, big underdog, whatever, this is Alabama. It's the number one team in the country coming to your house, and you're not going to play? Yeah, yeah. I just took, I can't fathom that. Even with four or five losses, whatever it was, I mean... I remember the year that number one Oklahoma come to Bryant Denny, and that was what was that Shula years? What that it? was uh, two thousand? Or was uh, that Franchoni? That was Franchoni. That was two thousand one. No, actually, Franchoni was o two at their place, o three back in Tuscaloosa, and it was Shula. Yeah, so so you know we had, we were not ranked. We had no shot at a national champion. But I remember how hyped up I was for that game. Just you know, we it played was a well good too. Time. We did play well. Fake punt sealed our fate in that game. It was a yeah, great call, yeah. but that uh, we we were we were positioned to win that game had it not been for that. But nonetheless, 
Um, I, I just can't personally fathom not wanting to play in a game like this and, and just walking away from it. But, you know, to each his own. Yep. No, last winter, Notre Dame, uh, quickly. I, I don't know how good they are. I can't, I cannot get over the Louisville 12-7 to game at South Bend. I mean, that's 12 points. That is four field goals, zero touchdowns. Give him the Heisman, Ian Book. But I will say this. Uh, Notre Dame, they're better in the trenches than they were in 2012 and on both sides of the ball. And I think they're better than they were two years ago when Clemson beat them 31-3. to So, you know, you win the lines of scrimmage, you have a chance. But I just don't see a scenario where Notre Dame – we'll see what they got against Clemson. You know, they have an opportunity to knock one of the – the preseason favorite out of the playoffs altogether if they beat them again – you know, can they do it with with uh with Trevor Lawrence? I don't know. And but if they let's say they don't and they still get in the playoffs, I think Bama beats them. I think Ohio State beats them. They're not going to match Clemson up with them the a third time in a row. You know, they'll fall to four and we'll go to we'll go to you know we'll be we'll we'll see quickly because it'll be Bama Notre Dame and uh in the uh, the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. So uh, I was go ahead, I was surprised <laughs> they did as well as they did against Carolina this weekend. I called for the upset last week. I thought Carolina would beat them, and Notre Dame beat them in every facet. I mean, they did. They they handled it on both sides of the ball. And, and I'm exactly like you because every time I think about Notre Dame, I think about twelve to seven Louisville. I think about the close shootout game they had with Florida State. There was, uh, there was one more in there, too, I think, that was a, a, a close game against a nobody. And I think about that, and I'm like, how in the world? How in the world? How in the world? But you know what? I also reflect back to whenever it was, three or four years ago, when I said the same thing about Clemson after they had lost to Pittsburgh or Syracuse, mm-hmm. one of them, uh, early in the year. And, and, and neither – in both times that Clemson lost to – Either Pitt or Syracuse. Pitt or Syracuse, I don't think either one of them ended up with a winning record that year. No, they were not good teams. And and, and I hung my hat on that that year going, you know, they're just – and they whipped us, yeah. you know, and got to the championship game and, and beat us and, and won it all after losing that game. And so I was thinking about that today, and I reflected back, and I was like, you know, hey – like you said, Notre Dame is better. They're better than they were in that 12-7 game. There's no doubt about that. Um, I still think they're the worst of the playoff contenders right now. I agree with you there. But they're not terribly worse. So keep an eye on them. Yeah, they, they belong. Um, I think beating North Carolina really put a stamp. That was a, a way. I didn't know Notre Dame played away from South Bend, as we've discussed before. But they did. Played in Chapel Hill, and I think that – and North Carolina has a lot of respect this year due to their performance plus Mac Brown. And I, that really has got everybody talking that Notre Dame can afford a loss because I, really I really believed that uh, if Notre Dame lost to Clemson and I, I still, – but I still think if Florida beats Bama, we're in and, and Notre Dame's out regardless of uh, – I mean, as long as they lose to Clemson, we'll, we shall see. But uh, losers, let's roll into losers. And I've only got one, but let me mention one more, and then I'll let you start with Ohio State. Florida State has yet another game canceled uh, this week. They're, they have shuffled the schedule around. I think Duke was supposed to play uh, Florida State, and now Duke is playing Miami. If I read the – it was a little alert that went off on my phone like right, right at a time to post this uh, podcast. So uh, Florida State, do they even care about football anymore? 
It's probably better for them that they are canceled or else they get their eyes beat in. I mean, that, that's just that's terrible. So, anyway, enough about them. They're irrelevant. Go, Let's go with Ohio State while you know, they're in Ohio the loser's State, bracket. Definitely in the loser's bracket. And I looked at them a little a little closer today. You know, they've only played four games this year. They ha- they've had back-to-back games canceled. The you know, I'm telling everybody something they already know likely but you know the big 10 has the rule in place this year that you must have six conference games played in order to qualify for the championship game they're sitting at a smooth 4-0 after back-to-back cancellations uh and that only leaves michigan state and michigan on their schedule two weeks two weeks worth of michigan state and michigan you're trying to tell me that michigan and their season wouldn't cancel that game for spite. <laughs> Dude, you just stole my only bullet point. <laughs> <laughs> they will cancel that game. Oh my lord, they'll cancel. Michigan State may cancel it too, just to stay home and laugh. But <laughs> if 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 that game is canceled, Ohio State is completely ineligible for the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, and. I don't know. How do you put them in the playoff if they're sitting at home at 4-0 or 5-0? 5-0, even 5-0, yeah. Here's the other thing, which which I found funny. Northwestern, of course, they had the big 17-7 win over Wisconsin a couple weeks ago and, and, and got them primed to, to win the East or the West or whichever one they're on, North or South. Leaders. And – yeah, and so they have two games left, but that conference is wide open still, and what what the other contenders needed was for Northwestern to lose both games, which is not out of the realm of possibility to, with who they had left. I mean, th- those teams are fairly even. Northwestern's navigated it so far, but they haven't blown anybody out. Uh and Northwestern's game when Minnesota got canceled this weekend. Hey, they can't lose two now. They're locked into the championship yeah. game. <laughs> so based on a, a pure cancellation, Northwestern wins the division. <laughs> well, crazy. Yeah, so you got Northwestern locked in, and we're just waiting. I mean, Michigan and Michigan State are probably over there just laughing their butts off, knowing that they're going to cancel that game. And... You know, and we're gonna we're gonna be uh, stuck with a Northwestern Indiana championship game. And let's 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 run this scenario: if Northwestern wins their last game and moves to seven and zero or or whatever it is, eight one, one, we move one loss. Northwestern's lost a game. I thought they had. I thought you said they had. No, they haven't. I thought they were undefeated. Okay, and then carry on. Sorry. Uh, we can we can double check that, but just saying, if, if they're six or seven and zero, oh, and then they beat Indiana in the championship game, who is qualified? Yeah. Uh, assuming they can play each other, I have no idea about them divisions. But <laughs> you know, how do, how do you put an undefeated Big Ten champ? How do you leave them home and put uh, four or five and zero oh, Ohio State in there? Uh, you can't. I mean, they and they talk. You know, Herb Street is a is a big Buckeye, of course, and he admitted he's like, if it's four and zero, five and zero, he he said he'd put Cincinnati undefeated Cincinnati in over him. And the the key word when they were talking about this on game day, 
the key phrase I kept looking for, and finally Reese or pa- I think Pollock said it, is you got to put yourself at risk, and that's the key. They, you know, if you've only played five, let's just let's give them the benefit of the doubt that Michigan State is going to do a solid and play this week, and Harbaugh is going to see the writing on the wall and say, if I can't beat them on the field, I'm going to screw them as I leave the building. So let's say they finish five and zero, oh. dude. You're you're going to leave them out over Texas A&M. Let's just use them for an example. At nine and one, Texas A&M. They they played ten games. They put themselves at risk and an, another an additional five times on top of what Ohio State did. You just you're they're out. I mean, I'm sorry, and they're they're one of the four best teams with the eye test, but that's all you've got. You don't have enough data to put them in. So that's right. And, that's and, why they're that's why they're in the losers uh, segment this week. And, and for the the listening audience, I, you were right. I forgot, and I knew this once I looked it up. Uh, Northwestern lost their first game this past weekend to uh, Michigan State. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought they had a loss. <laughs> they were undefeated going into the weekend and didn't make it out that way. But but nonetheless, they are currently at 5-1, and one, which, which qualifies them with six games. Minnesota mm-hmm. was canceled. All they have left is uh, Illinois. So they'll be six. They were ranked number eight going into this past weekend and lost to Michigan State. So, so six uh, and one, and then seven and one Big Ten champs, and you leave a seven and one champion over a four and zero, or five, let's just say five and zero undefeated team that didn't. I don't. I don't. I don't see. It's gonna be. It's gonna blow the system up. Is what it's gonna do because it's gonna. It's gonna prove what a lot of people think that it's all about name recognition, and that would be the the prime that's example exactly right. of. And, yeah, it, and it not, would. yeah, and not only that. When you're talking about the five and O, uh, let's just say they get five and O, five and O Ohio State. You're talking about a team, and I am pulling them up right now. Uh, you're talking about a team that their best win is going to be over Indiana. Yeah, you know, they beat Indiana by seven. by seven. And otherwise, they've played Nebraska, who's got what Garbage. one or two wins on the season. Penn Garbage. State, who just Garbage. got their first win. Damn Rutgers. <laughs> and Rutgers. Those are their other three wins. Garbage. So, I mean, they literally have not played anybody that's even close to being a top 25 team unless we count Indiana, who who has a loss. But, again, you know, Indiana's not – not world beaters by any stretch of the imagination. They got beat by Northwestern forty-three to three in their opener. Oh, nice. I'm sorry, that's Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to lay it on you quick, and I clicked the wrong team. <laughs> All right, we've made enough mistakes in this segment, which is appropriate because they're losers. Let's get into the game of the week. It's of course Bama at LSU. If I would have told you in the off season, Tom. I'm gonna give you LSU plus twenty eight points. Would you? How much money would you have put on LSU preseason? <laughs> uh, I would have. I would. I would have considered that that was gonna be a fishy line. I'd have still put money on them, but it would no, have I'm been. Not a saying, line. I'm not saying an official line. I'm saying I just. I just pulled the number out of my out of thin air. So hey, I give you four touchdowns against LSU. You want it? I mean, yeah, I'd, I'll I'd, take bet, it. I'd have bet my I'll bank account. It. And, I mean, I there's take. nothing that really – this will be probably the quickest uh, game of the week we've ever had because it's just – we had to do it because it, it is historically the last recent history, the the game of the, uh, you know, of the college football season. It gets primetime billing. Even this year with them being terrible, it gets primetime billing. Neutron called me today and said – I answered the phone. I said, you know, hello. He said, let's go to Red Stick. I'm like – 
oh, dude, I really can't. I said, I got my girls this weekend. I'm like, and we talked a little bit more. I said, how are you going to get tickets? He said, dude, they got tickets for sale. I mean, they can't, they don't even want to go to the game. And I, I don't blame them. Um, not even a year removed from their national title, and they have just imploded. And we all thought Ogeron, part of me thought, yeah, he's going to implode like Chiswick. But then again, I mean, man, he coached. Uh, he was head coach at Ole Miss, made a lot of mistakes. He was interim head coach at USC, very popular. Um, didn't get that job, moved on to LSU, interim head coach there and got the job. Maybe he's learned. You know, a, a part of me thinks maybe he's learned, but, dude, he hasn't. He, they're They're terrible. Marshall opting out. Stingley Jr. Stingley Jr. is going to try to make some money this weekend versus Smitty. He's not going to have enough help. He's going to. They're not going to have a pass rush to get to Max. Smitty is going to do what he wants to against Stingley. And uh, I, I'm going to say Stingley, quote unquote, pulls a hammy about the third quarter and doesn't return. <laughs> and uh, just to get out of the embarrassment, I got Bama winning big. I do too. I mean, there's. I'm not. I'm not going to dwell on this game. We we already know that LSU is irrelevant. We quit talking about them a couple of weeks ago. The line is definitely surprising based on preseason expectations for them. But uh, as the current expectations sit, the line is still probably low. I, honestly, they're not oh, yeah, good. It is. It They've is. been beat by Mississippi State. They've been beat by Missouri. Auburn manhandled them by 37. They probably played their best game of the year this past weekend against Texas A&M, and uh, they they should have got shut out, honestly. Oh yeah. So yeah, so, yeah I, I don't I don't give much credence to it. Let's go into the college football rankings. Yeah, we we got the official rankings come out tomorrow night, and uh, so we're gonna give you a little sneak peek. And I I emailed Tom. I don't I, I told him what I was gonna do, which is I'm gonna rank the teams as I think they should be ranked as of December 1st, not who I'm projecting to be in the playoffs. So um, I w- how do you want to do this? You want to go me six, then you six, or you want, to, you want me to unveil all mine, you unveil all yours, you tell me. Uh, yeah, we can. Well, let's go from the top. Well, I tell you what, let's go from uh, – yeah, that's fine. Let's go let's from go six, six to let's one. Let's go six to one. All right, six, I got Florida. I got Ohio State. Wow. Well, I mean, well, okay. I, mean, I, I, I took the same methodology you did, how they should be ranked on on December 1st, and I just went over this. Ohio State's best win is over Indiana, and, and they've only played four games. I, I, I just not going to put them in a name recognition. Yeah. They're undefeated, but good Lord, how many teams are undefeated four games into the season? Yeah, that's a good point. All right, at five, I've got Texas A&M. I've got Clemson. Uh, we're talking about <laughs> hold on, hold on, timeout, timeout, ladies and gentlemen. This is also the guy that had Penn State preseason number four. All right, carry on. Well, hey, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't the only one with Penn State. They were returning eighteen <laughs> starters. I don't know what's going on with those guys. All right, give me your spiel about Clemson. Well, Clemson, I, I, I'm sitting here looking at it as as the crow flies today. Clemson's a good team, but their best wins against Miami. Uh, you know, I, I know Lawrence was out, but they did lose to Notre Dame. I'm not going to get them credit for a game they lost. Yeah, uh, we're not getting we're not getting points for that. So right now they got their best win is against Miami. So if I'm comparing resumes to the teams that I have ahead of them, every team ahead of them has a better resume than Clemson. Duly noted. All right, this is probably going to be our closest. Well, I figure we'll have the same number one. Number four, I've got Clemson. So you had them five, I've got them four. Yep, I got Florida in fourth. Florida's got, you know, Florida's beaten Georgia. 
they they've uh, their only loss is to the a team number three, which is Clemson's the same. But I would say Georgia's a better team than Miami. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. So you've got four. You've got Florida. I've got Clemson. Three. I've got Notre Dame. I got Texas A and M. Bam. You know Texas A and M's got the win over Florida. They're only lost to the number one team in the nation, even though it was big. But I'm I'm not going to have Florida ahead of Texas A and M. No, you can't. A and M beat them in every facet of the game. Yeah. All right. So obviously my two is Ohio State. Your two is, I guess, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. All yep. right, one Bama across the board. Uh, of course, yes. Yep. So we'll see how that shakes out. I, I, and I know maybe I maybe I broke my own rule and I'm projecting <clears throat> that Ohio State will play the next two games and then because it's obvious all they all Notre Dame. I'm sorry, all Ohio State has to do is play their next two games, get the championship game. They're they're going to win. I mean, they're going to be seven and zero. And I think at seven and zero, you're in the playoffs, no problem. I agree. Yeah, but so but, I guess but I, your your stipulation was we we're doing it for the for tomorrow and not projecting. So well, and, we'll and 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 I actually have a note by my number two team Notre Dame. I said and I actually wrote it for myself. I said I hate this, but they're here by default. I mean they uh, have they have a win against Clemson. They are undefeated, and that's what that's the difference. They have not the best win. I think Texas A and M. I mean, we're talking about outside of Alabama. I think Texas A&M has the best win, but A&M yeah. has a loss. Yeah. So Notre Dame is undefeated with, you know, probably the the second best win of beating Clemson. And so, yeah, they're there. I just don't think they'll end up there. Well, I'm glad that we're, uh, we're all over the place on this. We'll see who's closest tomorrow night when the rankings come out. We'll cover it next week. Oh, I didn't know we were predicting what the, the playoff committee was going to no, do. We're, I thought we're this not. was our own. We're just going to see. For, if I for, predict uh, the playoff committee, it's going to be Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. <laughs> since uh, since this is the cussing edition of this uh, show, uh, we're just doing this for shits and giggles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bet's recap. What You heard it here last week. I, I did go one and one, but you heard it here. Wrong team favored. Penn State with the outright win over Michigan. I did take a loss with Ole Miss. Uh, they were favored 10, 10 and a half. They won by seven, but I'm gonna boast about the Penn State win. I hear you. I had I should have went two and zero. Oh. I had I did not. I should have. I had Florida uh, minus twenty three versus Kentucky. They got there. Uh, they won that game. I had A and M. A and M was up twenty to nothing and give up a garbage time TD with about mm-hmm. thirty seconds to go to not cover the fourteen. That's a t- Terrible loss if you were on A and M. That bad we should have been on the right side of that one. Should have been a two and O day, but that was a bad beat for sure. <clears throat> uh, all you pay if you went with our bets, you paid juice. That was it. Not a not a terrible weekend. All right, bets for this week. Who you got? Game one. I'm with Gober. I took a A and M. That line opened at four, jumped to six and a half. But there, Auburn's not a good team. I was I was talking to my dad no. earlier. We were talking about it, and I was like, you know, it was a good win for Alabama, but Auburn's not a good team. I, Auburn got credit for beating LSU, who we've already established is not a good team. But that's that's what Auburn hung their hat on. They they have not beaten a team that is reputable this year. And, and not only that, they lost to a, a non reputable South Carolina team that yeah. don't have a coach anymore. Um, A&M's good. 
I think they cover this six and a half easily. Well, my game one, I'm going to have to change it because I had Duke minus three and a half versus Florida State. They're no longer playing, so I don't know what that line's going to be. I'm pretty sure they're going to be underdogs to Miami. So I, let me just take Bama since uh, we'll try to put something out there. I'm going to take Bama minus 28. I think we win and win big. We normally try to stay away from our game of the week. But uh, we'll have to go with it this time. So give me Bama 28. Well, you typically stay out of conference, and so I don't have to worry about you uh, taking my pick. But that's exactly who I had was uh, Bama minus the points against LSU. So I'll, I'll make a pivot here. And instead, I'll go back to the Arkansas whale, who has not treated me right the last two times. We started off the the season undefeated. Now they find themselves a small underdog to Missouri. This is a prideful game here at the end of the year because Missouri's actually been playing well. But I think Arkansas still has a good team. I think they're still prepared to play. They've run into the tougher part of their schedule, which has hurt them. But I expect them to rebound this weekend against Missouri. So I'll take the Razorbacks plus the points. All right, guys. Well, it looks like we had some technical difficulties on JT's end, which is not unusual. His last pick, he wanted to take Ohio State minus the 22.5. I did not get to ask him why. We'll just let him simmer in his own thoughts there. And so that'll close out tonight's podcast. Now, if I'm Tiffin, I'd start saying, hey, if you're traveling from College Station to Auburn this weekend, go east to you smell it and then north to you step in it and then scream, gig em! But I'm not. I won't say that. I'll just say, take it easy, guys. No!